Sean's an asshole. Hey, welcome, Internet. This is Board Nerds with a Mic. And we are doing the final episode of the season for American Pods and American Gods podcast. Nice. Season finale, y'all. Yep. All I have to say is, what? Yeah, you, 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 um, you were like messaging me as soon as the queue was, or messaging the group. You're like, what the hell did I just watch? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, what the freaking hell did I just watch? And I mean, the upside is that it basically all kind of happens in one location. There's really no A or B plot. There's just sure. kind of like vignettes inside of the main plot. Yeah. Um, but didn't I say they would end the way they did? I mean, we, we, we privately had discussed, you know, kind of. Well, we really can't talk about it without talking about it, but we, we discussed certain facts about characters being revealed finally. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I, I didn't mean that, but like, oh, okay. like season three, we are going to Lakeside. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, we're definitely going to Lakeside. There's no <laughs> doubt. I mean, well, Brittany basically, you know, what was it, like six episodes ago, she was talking about the fact that Lakeside wasn't even happening this season. Yeah. And yep. so we that's when the theory came out, okay, all of season three is probably going to be Lakeside. Mm -hmm. And uh, sure enough, yep, all of season three going to be Lakeside. <laughs> uh, so, um, no, they definitely have given us the roadmap to where we're going. I mean, almost literally in certain cases. But uh, to get there, we had to go through Shadow Moon, which was... A bit of a mindfuck. Moon Shadow is the name of the episode. Yeah, well, I like saying Shadow Moon because... Moon Shadow! There we go. Yeah! <laughs> Do it, Christina, bring it home! <laughs> Those are all the words that I know of that song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the tune! Oh, you know what? I actually do remember the tune because um, in elementary school, one of the first songs we had to play on the violin was uh, Moon River. You played violin? Yeah, I played violin for like eight years. The fuck? Yeah. Well, um, B BFF knowledge not known. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't really talk about it much, but um, I we... played the recorder. Nice. That does not um, count. Yeah. For about for about age eight to sixteen, I played the violin uh, pretty steadily. Um, but yeah, so Moon River was one of the first things we uh, um, learned how to play. Ironically, though, never knew until like way later that there were actually lyrics to that song. I thought it was completely orchestral. So one day when I actually heard somebody singing, I was like, "What the hell is this shit?" Uh, <laughs> So, uh, but that has nothing to do with the episode, though, Gee, at all. Willikers, guy, I didn't know you could, like, make up lyrics right on the spot. I mean, swear to God, it was almost <laughs> like somebody starting to sing lyrics to the Superman theme song. Like, somebody started going, Superman, he flies in the air. Like, it was just, it was that kind of shit. Like, I, my brain was like, wait, that's not right. Like, it just, it was weird. Um, anyway. Yes. Moon Shadow. Moon Shadow. Season finale. What the hell? Exactly. You know, actually, before we get into this, uh, because you, me, and Brittany kind of know a lot of stuff that was revealed in this episode, specifically about, <gasps> Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get Mike's like immediate like hot take. Yeah. Yes. Mike, what is your hot take uh, on the revelation of this episode? Uh, We're just going to get right into it. Uh, it was um, weak. Weak? I, I, weak I, I was... Finding out that it was like Shadow Moon was his son was cool. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's pretty neat. And I'm sitting at the edge of my seat waiting for a goddamn name. Uh, oh. oh. He's wondering which. Son. Yeah. Oh, I'm, what god is he? Yeah, I'm thinking, I'm wondering like if it's an actual Norse, Norse god or if it's something made up that Neil came up with on a bender. Like, I'll, the whole time, like, can I get a name? Can I get something? I don't remember Black Norse gods but come on you can give an african love do something here episode <laughs> <laughs> he was dissatisfied with the revelation you were oh wow i, was, I didn't see that, that, that was i didn't the only see that reason, coming is because i just didn't okay. get a name 
I didn't get a name. Mm. It like built up the suspense and. Uh, so you wanted like a God of War revelation? Kind of, yeah. Okay, okay. Wait, God wait, 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 wait. Well, I mean, did we God of War actually give a name? At the very end, when you beat the game and you finally learn what um, uh, Atreus. Atreus's like name, real name was supposed to be, the name that his mother named him. Who the hell's Atreus? <gasps> the boy. Boy. Oh, huh, he had a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Never, never played number three or four, wherever the hell. Well, it's number four. Oh, so you don't know? <gasps> Shit. We can't talk about it then. That's another spoiler. But needless to say, there's a basically there's a revelation at the very end of the newest God of War where and you don't even realize it's a revelation until they tell you his name. And then you're like, oh shit. Because you've met all these Norse gods because it's like what, 25, 30 hours of gameplay if you do all the extra DLC. Yeah. And so Christina saw this. I actually did all the DLC first, so like I never actually got to the very end of the game till the very, very end of all the exploration. Yeah, you 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 did all of the side missions. Yeah, I did all the Valkyrie stuff, everything. So we get to the end, and so you're 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 saying goodbye to this mother because basically the whole story is that Kratos and his son, who's like 13 years old, um, they're basically the, the uh, his wife has died, um, Atreus's mother, and so they're taking her to the highest point in um, Valhalla, for lack of a better term. Hmm. And they're scattering her ashes at the top of uh, uh, of this mountain. And um, as they're doing so, um, they start talking about where Atreus's first name came from. They never call him by his first name, but it's the name that his mother always wanted him to have. And um, Kratos wasn't really a big on it, but now he feels that uh, Atreus has uh, earned that name. And this is a big spoiler for you guys, fans who have not gone through this yet. So after meeting Odin and Thor and, and all these other characters, or at least knowing all about them, there's one huge gigantic hole in their mythology that nobody says their name and you find out that uh, Atreus's real name is Loki. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> See, not even playing the game, you're like, "Oh shit." So, yes, this is the beginning of Loki's myth and who his dad really is and you're just like, "What the fuck does that mean?" So, God of War 2, we're all like foaming at the mouth ready to find out what the shit is going on. Um, unfortunately, you're not going to get that kind of revelation from from Shadow Moon down the line, though. Apparently not. Um, yeah. I had no clue what you're talking about. That last five minutes was all gibberish to me. I've been saying yeah, well, you know what? In my head. That's why we like that you weren't here for the Avengers Endgame conversation because we could take that gibberish conversation way deep down into the rabbit hole. They, and they did. Oh, we did. We went rabbit hole with God of War. No, no with just other things. shit. With other, other shit. With other things. <laughs> fine. Fine. And my my eyes glazed over yeah. so hard. Yeah, but not for that one because you were all into God of War though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, so great. But, but apologies. Speaking... But yeah, back yeah, on no Shadow Moon. It it was a it was a slow burner of an episode, and I definitely wow. feel that it wasn't see, see, uh, season finale worthy. Like I I was I'm I'm half expected like all right secret episode nine coming out all right let's do this. Oh, wouldn't that be a fucking crazy thing if they had a secret episode nine? Yeah. Like just in the hopper. Yeah, like I it, it was certainly. To me, it felt like it was an episode built. It felt like a penultimate episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You actually know what it reminds me of? And I know this is a horrible comparison, considering that they're going up. They went right up against them the last couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, it felt like a Game of Thrones ending. Because, you know, Game of Thrones, the penultimate episode is usually where all the shit happens. Yeah. And then the season finale is usually kind of the teen up for next year, uh-huh. which is kind of what they did this one. Last episode was all about uh, Sweeney and just the, all the consequences and all that shit. That's true. That's you know, true. and then this episode is kind of like the fallout and the setup for next year. So, yeah. but I mean, it yeah. did. It, it did feel like a setup yeah and i'm glad they're coming back for season three right i mean as far as we know they're coming back for season three i think they got renewed like 
They got renewed, renewed yeah, after like, the first episode. Yeah, it was yeah, like after the, the first they or they second episode, renewed, they got renewed. Really. Yeah, yeah, they so, got renewed, though. Yeah, so I'm glad they're coming back. Yes. And, um, but it, it just felt super slow, and I wasn't all concerned about Shadow. <laughs> I was more concerned, like, with all the shit that was happening to him, I was more concerned for Salim. That's yeah. true, yeah. Because <laughs> Salim is a completely made-up character, basically. Yeah. And yeah, he's human. He's literally just along for the ride. Yeah. Uh, because he loves the gin. Yeah. And you know, just being in proximity to Shadow and Wednesday, mm-hmm. um the the new gods have made him a target. Yeah. And like in the worst way possible because now people are going to see him as a terrorist. Yeah. And Which, of course, plays up to a lot of current American fears. Uh-huh. So, again, relevant to what American Gods does, which is lay mythology and just some real horrible kind of like turning the mirror on yourself uh-huh. and saying, look, this is kind of who you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, poor Salim. Yeah. Poor yeah. Salim. I felt really bad for Salim. Um, but to, to give a quick TLDR about the episode, because quite honestly, there's just vignettes of what goes on. Yeah, essentially, there, are, there were like a lot of little things happening. Yeah. Essentially, the episode is about Shadow um, interacting with the gods. And as he does so, um, Mr. World finally making his move. You know, Wednesday's move yeah, was. Yeah, we finally realized who World is. Well, they still didn't say. Yeah. Well, no, I... but they didn't. No, they didn't. Not at all. Oh, no, I meant not world, not world. I meant tree. Oh, 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 Mr. Tree. Yeah, 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 that's true. We did find out who Mr. Tree is. Who? Um, uh, 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 or Mr. Wood is who you're thinking Oh, about, Mr. Wood. Mr. Wood. Uh, Mr. Wood is part of your Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. Yeah, yeah, however you want to say it. The world tree. Uh-huh. Tree of life. Y- you remember the massacre back in season one at the at the uh, oh yeah station? I remember that yeah that was a big, yeah remember that, the, that was a big thing that he was getting the, framed for yeah yeah the I am Groot thing and we were saying that's a major character and when you find out who he is later on you're gonna be like what the hell is that the world tree the thing that connects all cosmoses the 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 Asgardian mythology hell let let's take you to Marvel for a second Mike the world tree connects all cosmoses through all time I, in I fact, know my North mythology with the all right I'm just saying because. But that's you're what, not acting like that's a big deal. That's a big deal, dude. I still don't know who Mr. Wood is. <laughs> Mr. Wood was the thing attacking those guys in the p- police station. Right. There was Mr. Town and Mr. Wood. They were like right. the two hitmen for Mr. World. Yeah, so, but in, in the series, we didn't actually see a, a person that's, embodying Mr. Wood. That's what right. I was waiting for, was an actual person. And I no, didn't I mean, see that. But what the show, But what this episode has alluded to is that there was a piece of Yggdrasil... Um, at the police station, and it just went all murdery, and uh, was it um, dead? I definitely dead did not thing. get that connection yeah. at all. It, it deaded everyone. Well, if I remember correctly, <laughs> Mr. World, the way his powers are, are interpreted now, he's actually able to c- possess any wood that he wants to. Um, I think is Mr. how it, World or Mr. Wood? wood? Mr. Wood. Uh, wood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of what he gave up. Because remember, they talk about the fact that Mr. Wood gave up something incredible about himself in order to be able to, for this new kind of version of his own person. Uh, World talked about that in season one. About okay. Yeah, he did. He talked about how Mr. Wood has changed significantly from what he used to be. Or, or maybe Wednesday talked about it. But how he used to be one of them and how, they're, and how he's not anymore. So um, I don't know if he's necessarily the World Tree, but he's a splinter of the World Tree, most definitely. And he can... Well, he can do what he did. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's it's messed up. 
Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, so essentially, you know, you, you have this overarching story of we saw how Wednesday was trying to go to war, which is he's using classical warfare. He's getting together the spear. He's getting together his allies. He's like, we are going to go to war with Mr. World. And we finally see how Mr. World wages war. And it's funny because when they start the episode, I really didn't know where they were going with this. We have this weird montage with Mr. World kind of talking about War of the Worlds. Um, yeah, it starts out with war, uh, with people yeah. reacting to War of the Worlds, yeah. like the radio show. Yeah, um, on um, F-O-C-K, uh, no, F-O-K-S, uh, uh-huh. Fox Media and whatnot. I was like, okay, that's a funny one. Um, I don't know if that was the actual radio station they broadcast from. I don't remember. Or if that was them just giving like, kind of like a slide to fake news Fox. Yeah, I, think it was that. I think that's what it was. I think it was fake news Fox, right? I think that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, because even at the bottom, it had NRA at the bottom, too. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that? what they were yeah. trying to do. Yeah, they were trying to kind of give a little kind of like a, a slap in the face to the to, to, to the Uber right who just believe whatever's happening. Yeah, they were being a little cheeky. Um, yeah. And and basically, Mr. World's declaration of if people believe it, then it's real. Yeah, and, and it's like, yeah, and, and yeah. just basically, it kind of confirmed what I thought mm-hmm. um, back in season one. It's like, if someone believes in something strong enough, like, it doesn't even have to be an actual god of mytholo- of anyone's mythology, mm-hmm. but someone could just, like, think up gray aliens, poof, right. there they are, abducting you. People had never <laughs> even thought of what an like, but they know now. Mm-hmm. You know, and that started to create the, the 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 myth of them. But that also remember way early on when Ricky Whittle, um, aka Shadow Moon, was kidnapped in season one. Remember there was the light streaming down, and he got taken away. And I was like, what if it's a flying saucer? And I was like, what if their headquarters is Area Fifty One? Now that we know that flying saucers, remember we actually saw the flying saucer take the little boy out of the cornfield. I uh-huh. think we could confirm that at least in World's Arsenal are flying saucers. <laughs> I mean, I feel that's a fairly decent. Yeah, right. like well, on top of that, yeah, and on top of that, I mean, to me, as the interpret, as I interpreted through mm-hmm. the world of the worlds, that's where Mister World was created to me. Mm-hmm. It was based off of that fear that everyone, like everyone, that of course the world being the USA, everyone right. felt that, and coming from that fear, and at that moment, that's where Mister World came in, and immediately mm-hmm. I'm like. Is he like an alien? Not like an alien alien, but just like the fear of an alien just encompassing in in that interpretation. Right. Because at that moment, that story took control of the world. Yeah, this is where knowledge of the book kind of hampers us a little bit because we can't throw out too many theories. No, But but it's a very good theory. But I can't confirm with anything on that one. I mean, I mean, technically, you could throw out theories. You're I mean, it's either... a good theory. It's a really good theory, yeah. though. I, I, I was under the impression that because, I don't know, I was thinking world kind of existed back in, at least back in the 40s. Yeah. When, um, when we were looking at the flashback with Domar. Yeah. Or Donar the Great. Yeah. And um, so I thought, it, like, he, at least through that black phone, mm-hmm. he, he existed. But I was under the impression that maybe, just maybe, um, he created that scenario. I definitely can say that I think what we saw that that moment with uh, uh, the War of the Worlds is definitely what gave birth to Mr. World. And I'm going to say it like that very specifically because spoilers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think that that's what gave birth to Mr. World. Yeah, so. that's, what that's what I was thinking. Or yeah. at least how he's hatching his plans. Right. I mean, there's definitely, yeah, there, there's, 
there are, there's actual words I can't use right there, now. Because if I use actual words, then I'll screw it up. I, I think a, a lot of this episode is slowly peeling back a, another layer of the mm-hmm. of the curtain. Yeah. Um, like, I, I definitely wasn't expecting them to reveal so much as they did. Um, mm-hmm. Although I was expecting it to come soon, but just not in this season. Um, Are you referring to Shadow's lineage? Yeah, the yeah. Shadow's lineage. Because because now we're we're in a territory where the show is kind of bringing forth um, parts of the book that happened much later. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, in the book, Shadow finds out about his par- uh, his parental lineage like almost at the very end of the book. Almost at the very end, like yeah. right before the war. Um, yeah, like right before like the the volleys, yeah, start falling. Um, and, and you know, I got to be honest, I don't know if revealing it earlier is going to be that much of a shift because, you know, in the book they kind of gloss over. Uh, okay, for me, I kind of go back to the Jesus metaphor. You know, Jesus goes from age thirteen to thirty in the Bible. There's like basically 20 years where we don't know what happens to him, mm-hmm. you know, and most people theorize that's the time that it took for Jesus to figure out what the hell it is to be the son of God. Right. Sure. So if you're Shadow Moon, you're not going to immediately be OK with the concept like he kind of was in the book. In the book, he's kind of like, OK, that's happening. And he's been around the gods so much. He just kind of rolls with it a bit. Yeah. Uh, I think the show is going to take a little bit more of a I'm a what now? kind of um, point of view <laughs> and he just needs like i need space yeah i think that's where they're going with that i mean what do you guys think i, I mean Brittany, you've read the book right mm-hmm. uh do you think i'm far off on this or what, what do you think um i see i, I like how you're trying to not do spoilers and stuff. right <laughs> <laughs> um but i will say this much i agree with you heavily <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> not ruin <laughs> our sweet summer puppy and our I listeners know. i will say i agree heavily although to not have to talk about spoilers i will say uh i personally kind of found the episode Bling. what was that we lost uh, that what would you would you find the episode i leaned up uh i personally kind i personally kind of found the episode a little bit underwhelming mm-hmm uh like it really i and you know what i think i think all of us are suffering from the same thing this show came out on the same weekend as not only avengers endgame which was the (laughs) biggest tie-up of a 10-year tv show that we've ever had in our lives you know and it ties up so perfectly then you have on the other side of that it's going head to head with game of thrones you know which had and it tied up a huge storyline this past week you know, and then here's American Gods in the middle of it, which is really just ramping up a lot of their story. Yeah. And they're like, like okay. They're, they're in their, like, they're still, like, in their toddler years. Yeah, they're in their world building phase. Like, basically, season three and four are probably going to be like we're getting to the meat of the story. But yeah. seasons one and two are world building, you know? Yeah. So they're suffering from all this awesome shit happening all around them. And yet here they are. They're like, well, Shadow's a god. and i just (laughs) yeah i mean it's just i think in that cosmos of everything else that happened to us this weekend it kind of feels like the 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 lowest piece of the totem pole (laughs) i don't mean that and like uh it was like bad it was just yeah a lot went on right the most there were only like two really interesting well two and a half interesting things 
to me in this episode, which is saying a lot because a lot happened right. in the episode. Uh, number one, Naked Yatide. That was awesome. Ah, yeah. I, was like, oh, I know, right? Yeah, I was like, clap, clap, clap. Just beautiful. And then I couldn't help but like when her and Shadow kiss, mm-hmm. I was just like, this is weird to me. Just because <laughs> the two of them are very brotherly and sisterly like in life. Mm-hmm. And to view, which that's just a me thing. Like it's called acting. Like I tweeted that at them, but it's just. But I just literally, I was like, "Ooh, naked et day. That's awesome." And kiss. Okay, cool. And then the second uh, <laughs> most interesting thing was, oh man, technical boy. That was cool. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I dig the new look. And then other than that, the other half thing was Laura walking off with Mad Sweeney. Yeah. Other than that, I was like, meh. Because yeah. the big part about the war ramping up should have been most interesting piece. Like, I should be so much more invested in this war that is on, like, you're on the precipice of war. Things yeah. are in place. Shit's happening. Obviously, you've got media, like, fucking over uh, Salim, Shadow, and Wednesday. Right. But I was just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Oh, you may be right. It could just because it could have just been because of all the things happening this weekend. So yeah, oh, okay. Well, let's look at what Wednesday, uh, what, what Mister World's war really is. Okay, mm. so I mean, his volley in war is to turn people against Shadow Wednesday and Salim, specifically Shadow Wednesday. Salim, I, I think we all so agree, Salim's just a casualty and a distraction. Yeah, he's just a distraction. Um. But, you know, the way he declares war isn't by sending in a bunch of godly forces. He literally turns the world against them, you know. Social media starts saying, oh, I saw that man over here. Oh, I saw those people over here. Oh, they're responsible for this. They turn the news. They turn the internet. They turn everything against them and say they're the ones who are going to uh, uh, destroy the world. And while that's going on, they're like, they're also responsible for the crashing of the internet, which was the uh, the birth of the Quantum Boy, um, which is Technical Boy's new form. Um, and so there's this weird moment where basically Shadow and, and Wednesday are public enemy number one because they broke the internet, quote unquote, and they're supposedly responsible for the murder of 25, 28 police officers. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like th- this is a bad place to be. And conceptually, I think that's a great, great way to set up war, showing how the new gods work. But... I, I agree. It felt a little underwhelming. I think because, and this is maybe in my own brain, tied into that, we have the revelation of Shadow's lineage and how he kind of triggers his powers. And we're not really sure exactly what happened. Because it, it, on one hand, it looks like Mr. World just wanted to show them I can crush you at any time uh-huh. and then didn't do it. Uh-huh. But then on the other hand, it's like, well, okay, if Shadow's the one who stopped all this from happening, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah, exactly. You know, and we don't get a good resolution either way. And I think that's really what's sticking with us. Because up until this point, you know, American Gods has been good about giving us mythology and giving us a little bit of wiggle room to interpret things. Mm-hmm. But still giving us solid reasons as to why A connects to B. Yeah. And in this one, we went from A to like Z. Z. Yeah. And they didn't give us any of the rest of the alphabet. You know, we're just kind of <laughs> stuck on what? It's <laughs> like, you, you know, those games of process of elimination. Right. Like, and the harder they get, like, the, the less clues right. you have. Th- this is just like one of those impossible ones. Right. Where you literally are only given two facts. Right. And you're supposed to 
figure out everything else. It's like, it can't be done. Yeah. The, you know what this is? This is discovering what is the life, the meaning, uh, what, what, the, what is the meaning of life and everything in the universe, and the answer is 42. <laughs> you know, if you knew all like, the steps. How did you get to that answer? Right. If you knew all the steps between it, 42 would make complete sense. But because you don't know the steps, oh, well. There you You're go. just going to have to accept it. Right. You know, so it's Believe. like, show your homework. Show your faith, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, son of a bitch. So, but, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. So, so breaking down some of the things that were happening, Quantum Boy. Yeah, the birth of Quantum Boy. The birth of Quantum Boy. I I think that was the, uh, the story that confused me the most about what was happening. Okay. Um, what, because G was doing his thing or? Yeah, G was doing his thing. Yeah. Um, and, but he wanted, he wanted some of that godlyhood. Yeah. And, but he didn't get it. He, well, he, okay. he was touched by, he was touched by a God. Right. Um, what, and I thought at that point he was going to explode. Right. Um, but he didn't and nothing happened mm -hmm. and I don't understand. Well, okay, so to, to roll back a second, before we get to the being touched by God part, do we think that this is actually Technical Boy being reborn, or is this Quantum Boy and G sculpted him to look like Technical Boy? Is Technical Boy still in the box? I guess is my question. Huh. What, what do you guys uh, think? Because uh, I honestly don't know. I'm going to go with my amazing theory from last time. Okay. And he was reborn as Quantum Boy. Okay, so like a new media situation. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, it's just the upgraded version of him. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so he's no longer the analog technical boy. He's now the quantum boy. Yeah. Okay, so we'll put that one in the, the okay, that problem. But so as such, the quantum boys try to figure out who he is. And, and this is honestly, first off, if you do not get vibes of the lawnmower man out of this entire sequence, then I think you missed something. Because right, this... I, mean, I I don't really know lawnmower man. Oh, but, you don't know lawnmower man. But he, oh man, way, yeah. But the way he was speaking, right. he kind of sounded like an AI just given birth. Sort of. Okay, so the lawnmower man is a Stephen King story about a man who is trying to teach people through using virtual technology, okay? Uh -huh. And so by doing so, he gets to a point where he believes that he can actually start using it on humans. And there is a guy who's in his late 20s, early 30s, who has extreme mental deficiencies, but otherwise is a regular average male. Mm. And so he decides to basically use this process on the guy. And that's why they call it Lawnmower Man. And so over the span of months, the guy goes from being a regular kind of mentally deficient human to being a very excellent version of humanity to then actually becoming the next step of human evolution and becomes reborn almost like Skynet through the internet. Oh, God. So, but, and the thing is that the, the suit that he wears, if you actually Google lawnmower man suit, you'll see it. It's basically, it's black, but it has all this little wiring in it. And it has like this kind of like pulsating, like uh, uh, LED lights. Huh. It's just like the technical boys outfit, except the technical boys is all white because he's like the virgin birth kind of thing, you know? So um, it, it really is lawnmower man. Um, yeah, and, and that's sure. what I kind of interpreted this, which is that quantum doesn't know exactly what he's made for yet. And it is. It's it's Cyberdyne. It's 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 Skynet. It's Terminator. It's it's the Borg. It's all the stuff. It's and basically, the yeah, it's <laughs> the machine learning what it needs to be. Oh, no. Um, and it, the only thing I think that's saving us in this particular story is that the machine also knows it's a god. <laughs> so it knows it needs humans to stay alive. Uh -huh. But at the same time, it realizes it has surpassed humanity to a degree. So you're getting that kind of it, it, it's trying to figure out what it is. It then figures out what it is, and then it realizes, I don't need you. 
and it abandons him. I mean, quite honestly, there's like so much stuff going on in this episode. Like, I really feel like they should have broken it up into like two or three pieces. Like, there should have been a Quantum Boy episode. Yeah. There should have been a Shadow Knows About His Parents episode. Uh-huh. You know, um, or, or there should have been the first Volley of War episode. And it's like, we have all of this in here. And it's it's a little daunting because they, like you said, they take out a lot of the the clues in the middle and they just let you connect the pieces but to me it looked like what was happening was quantum boy was slowly figuring out who he was and then understood that he no longer needed g and so in order for them to make sure the humans continue to do their bidding after world sent them on this chase he basically made it look like you know they had been hacked and so that's why she's left up shit creek because it looks like somebody got in through their servers um it's it's a very i mean that's just one interpretation, I, but I, I don't know. I mean, does anybody else have a better theory as to what the shit? I mean, Mike, you're the technical guy. I mean, what do you think? Uh, it's you no, know, the lawnmower man references is pretty keen. And I also agree that the AI, it was a birth of an AI. I, right. It's man. He, I, I think we did need a full episode of quantum boy. Because we went through so fast because it was both of your ideas. It was the birth of an AI, confused, questioning himself. And I like mm-hmm. how Z tried to give like a little biblical reference with Jacob. Like, okay, yeah. good k- kudos. And then in that moment, like his processing speed just started kicking in. He started realizing what was going on. He does realize he's an AI unit, but at the same time, he is a god. And yeah. that's where he even references it to. As soon as we go back to where he... Uh, Jake uh, Z did the first part of Jacob, where he, Jacob and uh, was fighting the angel, and wrestling yeah. him and telling him let him go. It's daybreak. Then right. here, then here comes uh, Quantum Boy finishing it by what the angel did, which would grab him by the hip, and mm-hmm. basically touch of God. At that moment, he realized what he was, and he was processing it, and at the same time found out that he could be at two places at once was actually pretty cool. Little moment there as he was talking to himself. Right. And he, he, we just went through so much of an evolution for, for Quantum Boy so fast that, yeah, if we actually were not focused on it, we would have missed it. And we and, yeah. and like even here, we had to slow that down because we didn't get a full episode of the evolution of Quantum Boy. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess that makes sense to a degree because, you know, the whole shooting is that it's so fast. You're not, you're, you you know, once you turn it on, it just kind of goes, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I get the reference of Quantum Boy's evolution is so fast, we basically can't follow it. Mm-hmm. But this is also still a story. And sometimes you need to put up road signs for the people watching or else we get lost. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, so I'm kind of conflicted because I'm like, okay, narrative. I, I get where you're going. It's like, you know, but. You know, look. I mean, storytellers do this all the time. We call them plot holes. Yeah. You know, so I kind of want to. I kind of want to ding them for a plot hole on this one. You know, and that's the thing is that most of the time, American Gods is really good about closing those loops. And I think in this one, I don't know. It just felt like they were rushing so hard. And honestly, you know what this feels like? I think what this feels like is it feels like the very first or second episode that we had in the season, which is that it felt like okay, this is interesting, but. Where's the meat? Where's the thing that's really going to pull me in? Mm. Whereas those middle four or five episodes that we had, we were really engaged in the story. Yeah. I mean, we were digging it. I mean, even when we had almost a complete sidebar of Donar the Great, which, you know, it has relevance, but it doesn't have necessarily, you know, moving the story forward relevance, but it's relevant in the fact that we're getting character stuff. Yeah. And and the fact that uh, we were able to theorize that where 
media came from. Right, where media came from, Columbia, yeah. You know, um, so we have stuff like that happening. But then when we turn it around and we have a mo- uh, uh, an episode, I almost said movie, uh, an episode that actually moves the plot forward in a, okay, we're actually moving to our next setup, it feels shallow. Yeah. And that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. You know? It. I mean, it's definitely something, an episode that I would probably have to rewatch. Yeah. And you know, think on it a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But one of the things I did appreciate was how uh, Mr. World decided to play on everyone's fears, maybe mm. again. Right. And because every everything, the one thing that everyone in America right now is afraid of is terrorism. Right. And he decided to play that up with, not a, with Salim. Yeah. And... And a black guy and an old guy who's shifty. Yeah, well, I mean, quite honestly, I, I mean, what I saw when they put that together was it, it was the fear of the other. Yes. You know, the, the fear of the other. And, and I and we've done this so many times on this podcast, you know, I'm surprised people don't ding us for just being like way too political. Um, but you can't. I mean, th- this show is political. The way they've set up the show is political because they're actually dealing with the things that people don't want to talk about. Yep. And it's funny because, you know, people say never talk about religion, never talk about politics if you want to keep things civil That's and American gods, but American gods is basically all politics and religion. Literally. It's a show basically about that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so it's ironic that we always kind of get stuck in these little loops, but I mean, the other in this case is going to be the crazy old white man who won't let go of his beliefs, AKA white nationalism. Mm. You have the black urban man. Oh no. They're going to come looks and, angry. who always looks angry. And then you have the foreigner who looks shifty and brown. You know, that could be translated as Hispanic. That could be translated somebody from the, the, the Middle East. It could be somebody who could even be Asian. Maybe there's a, a particular angry Asian out there or something. <laughs> but you know who they're not? They're not affluent family white people. Waspy. Waspy fuckers. You know, <laughs> and it's like, and I mean, that's essentially what they were doing is they're playing up on that. And it, it's it's hard to not see those parallels. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also hard to see that as a legitimate way to incense a lot of, of folks. Because I think that most people in America are legitimately decent. Yeah. And I believe that most people, when they have a chance to think about something, can reach the right conclusions. But I think that when you but, stoke their fear, yeah, they become completely irrational. Yes, exactly. And, just like yeah. in War of the Worlds. Just like, like in War of the Worlds. Like if you know the history of of what actually happened during the broadcast, the original broadcast of yeah. War of the Worlds, um, George Orwell? Yep. Yeah, he was the director and I think the, also the, the broadcaster. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, like he, yeah, he on, was the main voice, uh, you're, you're, Orson sorry, Welles, sorry. Orson Welles. I always get those guys confused, yeah. but, um, Orson Welles, he put on this radio show. Mm-hmm. This was before TV. Right. Um, but it, it was complete fiction and they did mention it at some point of the show, but not enough times, um, to where people just tuning in, they would have thought it was a real bro- a news broadcast. Right. Cause that's how it was presented. So. Just because we, we the, the funny part is, is that Christina and I, we've had long conversations about fiction and, and all kinds of stuff. And this is a conversation we have had many times before, uh-huh. specifically about that. And, and you're right. What happened is at the very beginning of the broadcast, normally on radio broadcasts, it would be this next program is brought to you by sponsor, blah, blah, blah. Don't forget to do the blah, blah, blah. Drink your Ovaltine. 
you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would have like a whole thing and they would have been, and now presenting War of the Worlds. But the thing was that this was actually happening later in the evening. They did not have a sponsor. Um, Orson Welles basically just kind of was like, let's just put this on. And they just did it. Yeah. And they said, this is going to be a dramatic faction that we're going to call War of the Worlds. Uh, we hope you like it. Here's the show. And when people are tuning in, they knew that the first minute or two was going to be the advertisement, right? So they tune in right after that because they don't want to listen to somebody telling them to drink their Ovaltine. Yeah. They want the story. Problem is, is that even if you tuned in 10 seconds afterwards... You missed the disclaimer of this is a fictional thing, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Uh -huh. And it sounded just like a real news broadcast because they tried to make it sound like the way it was. Like somebody and tried they... to do a found footage movie today. Yeah. yeah and it's... Like Blair Witch. Right, exactly. Which scared the fuck out of people when Blair Witch came out too, yeah. Uh -huh. um, and, and, yeah. and they had sound effects. They, they had a guy who mm -hmm. sounded like he was at the scene. Right, that was Orson Welles. Yep, he was yep. doing the bit. Yep. yep in the bit and he was doing all these crazy descriptions mm -hmm. and you you had a guy with some metal like just banging on it right right and yeah and just like uh, and no disclaimers people thought this was real that this was happening in indiana right um, oh no no trenton new jersey trenton new jersey i'm sorry <laughs> sorry it's like my brain was in indiana for a second yeah. um it's because you thought of eerie indiana which yeah. is a great show that should have had many seasons exactly but <laughs> but yeah and so people people were actually fleeing from their homes yes or worse killing themselves yeah because they didn't want to be abducted by this new invader yeah and so it created such mass hysteria um that i think it was a it it completed its run but it did but uh they got in trouble the, the next day the papers were all about how people had you know Fled in fear in the middle of the night, car accidents, a couple of people had committed suicide, um, how uh, the power of this media had completely freaked people out. And ultimately what it did is it started the, the first bands of censorship yes. and how they had to basically really make it clear this is a work of fiction. Yes. Um, and uh, the, those Drink Your Ovaltine ads became much more descriptive for a while. <laughs> um, yeah. And, uh, and, and so Mr. World, knowing what happened then, right. is trying to bring it back with yeah. new fears yeah well what's funny is that he even talks about the fact that at that point nobody had ever conceived of what an alien could be yeah and then it started like they showed how the movie started showing you aliens and people started thinking about aliens and the next thing you know this little boy sucked up into the sky and what i thought was interesting was that for me the metaphor was okay you take something that is completely not true and you make it as real as the person standing next to you and so shadow has his own war of the worlds he's not done anything but the world now believes that he is the other and that they're coming for him. Mm -hmm. And it, it's all about, this is not true, but what can we make people believe is true? Exactly. Um, which if that's not a metaphor for you as to how certain people have been elected into offices or how certain things have happened in the last three or four years, just around the world, then I don't think you're paying attention to the episode. And, but I, I love I that new video. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I sorry, know, I, but I kind of pointed it out I and, and, and i love how, like the process new media was was going through like she <sighs> she threw glitter at the screen dude literally um, i put a, i made a note that i, I the world is pulling out all the stops and new media is dropping loads yeah literally it's just like because I mean, she's throwing glitter it, just, it was crazy and, and she's like and she finally reveals herself to shadow when, right. when he's watching the news broadcast yeah and she's like it, it's a it's a gift now by the way but like She's just like double bird fingering right. the TV, like the screen. Right. It's just like, eh. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, New Media's got a little bit more uh, funk. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, she Sass, does. Sass, funk. Did any of you guys think that uh, Technical Boy being reborn was media fucking with Z? Oh, is she? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I think that there. I think that G was kind of like Salim, uh, definitely just a casualty of this conflict. Mm -hmm. um, the mortals yeah, are getting, him. yeah, the mortals are getting screwed. Um, but yeah, I could see that as new media being pissed off that technical boy is back, even though he's quantum boy now. And she's like, I just got rid of this fucker. <laughs> I didn't even think it was him coming back. I thought uh, obviously she can take the form of lots of things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why could she not possibly take the form of him? So I thought she oh. for like a moment. I thought it's not really him. It's her, especially like when he would kind of glitch a little bit. I was like, oh, it's media. She's she's manipulating him. Oh, that's so devious. <laughs> yeah, because I kept trying to catch I, I the face, but yeah, I thought it was actually one of like world channeling one of his dummies. Oh, okay. That glitch. Maybe he's a dummy. Yeah, I I don't I don't think so. I don't think he's a dummy. I mean, maybe he's. Well, I mean, it ends up showing both of them together. So yeah. Oh, yeah. but. I, I probably not. I mean, I guess like you said, he's been reborn. Like maybe when you come out of, because he was pretty much put in timeout. So yeah, he was put in a big timeout. Yeah. Right. So they put him in timeout. Like you guys are saying, he's kind of like a, he's a fresh AI. You have to. He's he has the look and semblance of technical boy, but he still he doesn't have the sass and spit that technical yeah. boy had before. So quantum. Oh, boy, by the which, way. Did he I'm ever sorry, call himself Quantum? Oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. He did not call himself Quantum Boy. Actually, American Gods on Twitter called yeah. him Quantum Boy. Quantum Boy. Yeah, yeah I saw yeah. that and I kept going. Did I miss something? Yeah, so, I did too. Yeah. Which is when I saw it, I was like, I made a note for you guys. I was like, hey guys, just in case I, I don't know if we actually have a name, but I think this is official name now. Uh, uh, but one thing I wanted to point out was um, something that really freaked me out during the episode, and it's completely mundane, is when they walk into the server room where they're holding the Quantum Boy, uh, and there's the two giant heads. And yeah, one's technical boy, yeah. Yeah, and one's technical boy, and one's quantum boy, and I was like, ah, do not want like oh. that is a that was a weird choice for was G that, to have. Was that what was going on? Those were both of it. They were on the left hand side was a technical boy with his old hair, with yeah. his like kind of like bouffant hair kind of going on, uh, and then you had the quantum boy look, which is a much more slicked back kind of look. Right. Um, but they were both definitely his face. I forget the actor's name. Um, uh, Bruce Langley. Uh, Bruce Langley. Uh, it was definitely his face, though. But they were like what, eight feet tall? It was. They were. Yeah. They were was... big. And <laughs> and as a worshiper and follower of the Nickel Boy, I will <laughs> gladly have it on my wall. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to Mike's house. I'll tell you that. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Mike is new guys via technical slash quantum boy. We know that. That yeah. is his guy that he worships. He will gladly hang up eight feet tall, weird white <laughs> plaster cast faces of his I mean, guy. I'll put a mustache on him. I mean, come on. It's white. I'm going to paint. Right. Mm. <laughs> Um, one of the other things that I want to talk about for a second, which has nothing to do with Quantum Boy or any of the war stuff, was actually a very small moment that I, I think I, I think I know where they're going with Bilquist now. Um, but when Bilquist approaches Laura and she offers her the forbidden fruit, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, she the devil? I think she wants to be the devil. Ow. No, but hold on. <laughs> but no, wait. Listen, listen though. One of the things that um is deeply built. I'm sorry, Christina. You have a thought. Yeah. No, I, I think I know where you're headed. Okay. 
She, you like, want to take it? Go for it. No, because because you're you're heading straight into Revelation, aren't you? Possibly. Um, one of the great things about Catholics is that they've kind of figured out all of their mythology all the way to the very end <laughs> yeah. and then some. Um, and, and one of the things that Catholics know and talk about a lot is the fact that the reason why the devil is so uh, deceptive and, and so good at what he does is that he knows the Gospels as well as you know god himself the, mm -hmm. the devil is well versed in the gospels and the devil is all about temptation yeah um and that is how the devil gets his way and in fact that's actually if you talk to uh priests and followers of the catholic church a lot of them will talk about that is how the the devil gets his hooks in you is that he basically speaks the word of god or what you think is the word of god in a way that is just slightly off that will then allow you to be corrupted by his influence. Yeah, he, he brings in a lot of truth and then like maybe one teeny tiny lie to veer you off the... Right. And I'm thinking, I'm like, what if Bilquis like has the capability of going either way right now? What if she could be, you know, good or evil? I think what they're doing is they're trying to keep her very much in the middle of the road yeah. and making us guess. And I, I, I think that was them just kind of pinging that, that inner Catholic in my brain to make me <laughs> kind of go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, <laughs> but last, last week and maybe a little bit of this week, she kind of remind me reminded me of uh, the Lady of Babylon. The Lady of Babel. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, because I don't know. Because you know, she was known to be like mm -hmm. the herald of things mm -hmm. to come, and just. You know, she just lies, but people believed her anyway. Well, but that's the thing, though, is that in a lot of these myths, though, um, there is a lot of truth in what these characters will say. Um, but they'll say it in just such a way that you don't see the forest for the trees, which right. also comes into play with a lot of Wednesday stuff, which we'll get to in a minute. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Wednesday flat out will come out and tell you, I'm a con man, I'm a cheat, I'm, you know, I'm everything. He's been very upfront about that. Yeah, you know, and I think that, you know, with Bilquist doing the forbidden fruit, either she's doing one of two things. Either she's she's making sure that people understand what you're seeing is a lie and that you need to make sure it is a lie, or they're trying to hint that Bilquist, while discovering this new rapturous form of worship could easily become the devil or not the devil but you know a dark a devil a, a, devil, a dark entity um mm. so to speak you know a, a malevolent entity um but i don't know which way they're going to go with it yet it's just foreshadowing but where they're foreshadowing i don't know because the great thing about american gods is when they do it right there are multiple paths yeah so I, i'm curious to see where they go with her but it's it's very interesting um, and I like it because it's not an easy answer. It has multiple destinations. And I like that because for most people, I think we have multiple destinations. Now, they, they refer to her as the Queen of Sheba in the last episode. They have several times. Yeah, they have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, it really it really caught on to me the last episode. It really caught your attention. Yeah. Yeah. But because she was mentioned a few times in the Bible as well mm -hmm. as... Mm -hmm. Someone connected to Saul before David took over. I believe so. Yeah. So you're going biblical. You're you're like you're with me. Biblical. Yeah. You're going Revelation. She's going to become a major force against because Shadow because she she was thought as uh, thought as a as an antagonist. Yeah. In the Bible. Well, I mean, that would be a cool thing to do. Is what if Bilquis becomes Shadow's opposite? Like as Shadow arises in his 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 deify, uh, deific. Deity. Uh, deific powers. There we go. I'm there. Um, yeah. If Bilquis, now that she's building hers, they almost become polar opposites. Beatific. 
um, I'm, who knows? But <laughs> what I think is interesting is that they could almost become like the, the, it could almost be a situation of she wants him because clearly she wants him to be with she's her. She's attracted to him. She, she's attracted to him. She's attracted to what he represents. She's attracted to the raw potential of what he is as a god because yeah. he clearly has not become what he needs to be yet. Yeah. And I love that about her. I love the fact that she sees it and she wants it. But at the same time, if he rejects her from a interesting mythology point of view, the rejection of temptation, what does that mean for her in a story? Mm. Does that mean that she continues on her own path and is not defined by no man? Snap, snap. Awesome. Snap, snap. <laughs> or, you know, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many ways they can go with it. I mean, a were, who didn't want to be led on by a man were thought of as evil absolutely in, in, in christian mythology mm -hmm. so she could be she could have her own good intentions but she'll be thought of as the as the antagonist of shadow story yeah which also is a really good way of looking at bilkus which is that she's not an evil character but people keep seeing her as evil because she doesn't go on team shadow she's like well, i'm gonna do my own thing and if that happens to fuck shadow well we're well, too bad so sad you know, but that doesn't make her an evil character. That just makes her somebody with her own agency. Point is, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with her, but I'm intrigued <laughs> as shit because that apple has just completely opened up doors for me. And I'm like, I like it. <laughs> all because she held an apple. All because she held head. an apple church, you know, and was all like. No, Ooh. it was it was that flower shed. Oh, was it in the flower shed? Okay, sorry. Yeah. But my point is, I'm intrigued and I want more. <laughs> um, uh, more you shall have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brittany, as as the uh, worshiper of Vilquis. That's me. <laughs> okay, so Mike is, wait, so Mike is Quantum. Brittany is Vilquis. Uh-huh. And Sweeney. Eh. We can't. She's more Bilquist. She's more Bilquist. She's definitely okay. more Bilquist. She just wants the body of. So then what, what, where are you and me then? What, what, are, what are our gods? I already know mine. Mama G, I think. Mine, but, Mama G, you? I mean, I love Mama G. She's my favorite character from the book, but I don't know if like, but who would be mine then? Like, if we put Mama G to the side just because I like her as a character, yeah. but like, who who would Mama G be for? Like, who would be my? I don't know, guys. What do you think? Yeah, I'm drawing a blank because I don't know who our gods would be then. Who are our gods? Maybe we haven't met yours yet. <gasps> maybe I'm Columbia. Maybe since I'm <laughs> so that means I'm new media. You're Columbia. Yeah, so no, maybe no, 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 no. I'm new media. Okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you are lesbians with her. Yeah. <laughs> are you in a lesbian ship i want to right yeah. she wants to have a scott pilgrim with her so she wants to... no god out loud seven evil exes that you have to fight <laughs> okay, so we've got come at me bros would you be would you be I mean, you can be old media. No, I mean, I love, I love Honestly, stories. No, I was gonna say Sean's kind of like old media to me, but maybe. I mean, I, I mean, I love stories. So, Mr. Nancy or Columbia or AKA Media. Um, um, I mean, Mr. Ibis technically falls into that category then because he's also Ooh, a storyteller. He would be a good, yeah, because storyteller. You know, I I don't know. God is yet to be seen. Okay, yeah, but, yeah. But God TBA. Got it. All right. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Um, but hey, speaking of Mr. Nancy, though, I actually wrote down something about Mr. Nancy in here, which is, oh shit, when Nancy laughs, dot, dot, dot. Oh, that, yeah. At the very end, when Shadow disappears, because we kind of were glossing over the whole Shadow revelation, which I'm assuming is the end of the episode yeah. for us. Um, but when Nancy laughs about Shadow finally embracing who he is, and he's like, about motherfucking time. Oh, shit. Yeah, because <laughs> in this episode, while Shadow was freaking out, 
like and running all over the house. That was great. <laughs> the, the African gods are completely chill. They're just like, yeah, and they're playing chess against yeah. each other, <laughs> which I loved. Oh, it's so great! Like, like, uh, um, Mr. Nancy and uh, Mr. I, Ivis mm-hmm. uh, are just having like this really intense like conversation chess match, and they're just like, "Nah, cops, fuck them," you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Oh man, um, I actually wrote down African gods just doing their thing because that was what was happening at that moment. Like, Bilquis don't give a fuck, Nancy don't give a fuck, uh, uh, Ivis don't give a fuck. The people who are freaking out are the mortals, basically. And Wednesday's off having waffles somewhere. There, there is a comment, a very interesting comment, and um, Brittany, back me up on this one. But doesn't he say um, to Mr. Ibis something about they, they've kind of worn out their welcome in Cairo, or Ibis has worn out their welcome in Cairo? He, he says something yes. to that effect, yes. Yeah. Because they're just fucking with the population. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was very interesting. Like Brittany, do you have any any more to kind of like any theories about what he was talking about? So I think that it's it is kind of interesting that Nancy is obviously on to uh, Jekyll and Ibis, absolutely because I mean it's fairly friggin' obvious that their team. Hmm. Are like just sucking this. T- I mean, it makes sense. It's Cairo, i.e. Cairo, i.e. Egypt, they feel very at home there, and they can do what they do. But yeah, I mean, people, it's kind of one of those things, like, if you live in a neighborhood, and, like, dogs and cats start disappearing, and then you just start looking for that asshole who is, like, murdering them so you could, like, run them out of town, that's kind of what they've done. I mean, like you said, whole thing going on where to get their tribute uh, they're causing death and i i find it interesting though it's kind of not like so do you guys remember like with it how when he would do everything but the adults would forget about it because he kind of weaves like a kind of mystical spell so they just forget that this shit's happening after it happens i'm surprised ibis and jackal can't do that but that's all i got they gotta go Move on. I forgot question. the question. But that's how I feel about it. <laughs> I forgot the question. <laughs> uh, I think uh, we were trying to figure out, like, why Nancy... Like, isn't it interesting how, like, Nancy made the connection and kind of oh. called him out? Like, Oh, why? Oh, about time? You know, time? you guys have worn out your welcome. I'm sky. That's a, that's a chess scene, right? I mean, it's a part of the chess scene, but yeah, he's telling them, you know, you've worn out your welcome. Uh, I don't remember because, that. I just don't know, remember that are... line. I just don't remember that line. Oh, no, he was saying something about um, they they wore out their welcome and uh, they've been fucking with the population of Cairo a little bit too much. Right. Uh, something like something, something to that effect. Yeah, their own deific eugenics war, basically. They, you know, they just, <laughs> I mean, it, honestly, is what it was. I mean, quite. You, you don't fuck around with people like that too much until finally World says, yeah, we're having enough of that. Um, world clearly likes the Order to be the way it is. And when other gods start getting a little too uh, big for their britches, they come in swapping down with a popo. Out comes the hammer. Yeah. Well, Basically. I'm going to chalk that to, I'm going to play my summer puppy card because I didn't get any of that from any <laughs> <from the Nancy. laughs> I mean, 
obviously, Cairo is a bit of a sore spot for him. Yeah. Uh, about whatever's going on in there. Yeah, he doesn't like the. I, I mean, it's clear that Nancy doesn't like how Jakal and uh, Ibis are set up. Yeah. You know, no. he, he really doesn't like that. He doesn't like the fact that the Egyptian gods are are playing it like punks. Mm. Um, he he would much rather have a a a four. I, I think he wants the banner of the Egyptian gods to be much more prominent than they are. And I think he feels like, you know, they're letting down their people, they're letting down, you know, their own their own faith, they're letting down their own myth. And he feels that in order for them to continue to be who they are without adapting to these new ways, they have to be them, them themselves. They have to be their full godliness. And I think, honestly, that's the difference between where Wednesday's at and where Nancy's at. Wednesday will con people to doing what he wants. Nancy wants people to legitimately believe that being gods, being their full righteous mythic, uh, mythic selves is the proper way to do it. Hmm. Um, and I like that. I mean, quite honestly, you know, if I between Wednesday or Nancy, I'm picking Nancy all day long. You know, because at least Nancy tells you just how pissed off he is at you. I mean, you, you know. <laughs> He's whereas, going to count. To seven, yeah, right. And start four. four. Um, whereas you know, Wednesday, you know, if he's pissed off, he's going to take seventy years to go and fuck you over and your grandkids and shit, and right, you know, just some bullshit. Long you know, con, like, motherfucker. Right, you know, motherfuckers. Yeah, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know, so I'll take a Nancy like, like punching the shit out of me and it's like, like you know where he stands. Yeah, you know, like I don't. Stands. You punch me in the face. I knock down the ground. Okay, I get back up. We're cool. All right, let's grab a beer or something. Although, like I've been saying throughout the season, he got plans of his own. Oh, I think yeah. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, um, but he's just not saying it. Well, well, speaking of Wednesday, I guess we we should talk about the final set piece. Final set piece, which is of course you know you have Shadow's revelation of who his father is. Yes. You have Wednesday's complete and utter you know pff, whatever. About the yeah, entire... Yeah, while, while, while all the fuckery was happening over in Cairo, right. like at the funeral home, um, at the beginning of the episode, Wednesday kind of steals into the early mornings before yeah. everyone wakes up and just drives off, apparently to a fancy bar. Right. <laughs> I like to imagine that that bar had waffles, because I just kept imagining him having waffles I for some reason. waffles. Well, <laughs> okay, well, we're not going to side... But yeah, he he took off to a bar. He he took off he to took get off away from to things. a bar, and like he was watching the news happening, like throwing him under a bus. Yeah, and just like, all right, game on, motherfucker. Completely unaffected. Yes, <laughs> he's just like, meh. I've had worse. Exactly. Yeah, it was a little <gasps> weird. Revelation. Oh, I can't talk about the revelation. Holy shit! Oh so, no, Brittany. I know why. I know why. Like you guys know why. I know why. Yeah. Hi. Okay. Okay. I, no, I know. I, know I can't why. say it. I don't know I, if I know why. Are, are we going we'll to talk about it later? Are we going to have to have another? Mike has to step away from the microphone moment. And he has <laughs> no. To, and he has to narrate. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mike is like, and so these motherfuckers and his bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know what these motherfuckers did next? Get off the show. They said, get off the show. You can go Mr. Nancy with it, or you can go Mr. Ibis with it. So you can either be like, and so Sean, Brittany, and Christina decided to talk about some shit from the book that I don't know about. Or you can go for Mr. Nancy. And these motherfuckers don't know that I'm about to beat 
this. <laughs> He's like, I am the god of editing. I will make them <laughs> sound. I will make them sound stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you dumb, stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> you always got to end with like a very angry motherfuckers. It's like, motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, god. <laughs> you know, I mean, we talked Our about Mr. Nancy is pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we talked about him last season about how shining, you know, Orlando Jones was. But this season, I mean, th- this season was the Orlando Jones show. I mean, he just <laughs> he just took it and he ran almost every episode. If he, uh-huh. Even in this episode, it goes up like two minutes. It's still like, Nancy, Nancy. <laughs> it's like you're playing Smash. 300% and Nancy's at zero. They're, they're, the audience is just chanting for you to get your ass dropped off the side of the building. Just, Nancy, Nancy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're just going to get toasted. I mean, that that is how strong Orlando Jones is. And I swear to God, if people don't start casting him in other movies now and other shows and other projects, I'm going to be pissed. Because <laughs> th- this this one uh, uh, project has shown the range of what he can do in such great detail as a writer, as an actor. I mean, hey. I, I just I, I want to see more Orlando Jones ever. Yeah, he won a fucking Emmy. He absolutely does. Yes. Honestly, I mean, I already feel like even from that one fucking episode in season one, he should have at least been fucking nominated. Yeah. And now we've got him. We've got so many. Would we got at least what two really good speeches out of him this season? Mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. top of so not only like being able to like monologue and everything else with it, but just being good. It's just yeah. it's a fucking travesty. Like he at least needs to be nominated. So yeah, and I mean, and make that, that fucking happen. And I mean, and that's in a cast where you have Ian McShane just chewing up scenery. You got Crispin Glover scaring the shit out of everybody. Right? You know, <laughs> Sweeney. I mean, um, uh, I always fuck up his name. Oh, the driver. You know, just being awesome. You know, I mean, fantastic. You know, of course we have. Um, I'm forgetting everybody's names now. Um, uh, Shadow Moon. Um, uh, you got your teenage. Oh God, your teenage like kicking asses, Bilquis. Uh, mean, yeah. So many great actors in this show, mm-hmm. and Orlando is just. Stomping on them. Stomp. And I mean, and it's not like, you know, it's not that they, they're not giving these other people material. It's just there's something right now about Nancy and, and how Orlando Jones is bringing him to life that is just, it's it's mesmerizing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's just, that's fantastic. And again, that's in a, that's with a cabal of amazing actors all around. Yeah. You know, Ricky Whittle's kicking ass, you know, and I mean, it's just, it's it's mind blowing. You know? Yeah. It's they so have, good. they have a really perfect cast. They really do. Um, but back to Wednesday. Back to, yeah, back to Wednesday. He's very unaffected about what's going on. Right. He's just sipping his wine, eating whatever. Right. And <laughs> wine and waffles. Um. And he was just like, he he basically at the at the end of the at the end of the episode is like game on. Yeah, I mean, literally the whole episode, he could not be bothered with remotely caring about what's happening. Um, to you know, his son, his friends, uh-huh. you know, his, his compatriots. It's like his, his war is officially starting, and he and he's not there. He's not there. Yeah, you know, and he's just sitting there and he's just chilling out. And then at the end, once we have the revelation and, and the the bamf, you know, uh, yeah, then, we need to talk about that bamf. We do. We need to talk about that. Kind of goes, you know, my boy's going to be all right. And that's yeah. it. And that's like, that's it. You know, it's like, what the shit? It's like, your move, my boy. Yeah, you know, and, and on the flip side of that, well, that's all going on. Shadow, of course, is... Gets taken by Yggdrasil. Yeah, he gets dragged to Yggdrasil, you know, so he's in the world tree. He's experiencing cosmoses and realities far beyond his own. We meet the the buffalo from the first season. Yes, we do. Uh, he's on a mountain of skulls. Yep. Um... Did we and... meet the buffalo, or was that just I was a callback? A, I'm, going go, I'm going with callback. 
I kind of went with both. <laughs> I, I kind of went with he met the Buffalo again, but it was a callback. I think, uh, honestly, I think, because me personally, I think what happened, and I stand by this, is I think the Thunderbirds are, are kind of poking in a little bit. Um, but that's me also talking about book knowledge a bit because we know how much. And the you're obsessed with the with the Thunderbirds. You know I love the Thunderbirds. I mean, they kind of do come swooping in like the giant eagles in Lord of the Rings. They really do. <laughs> and you know how I like these giant eagles. <laughs> oh, that's your god. Your god is the Thunderbirds. Oh, I'll oh, Thunderbirds. Yeah. Yes, I'm come, I mean, I really did. I think I made a note that actually asked, "Is it the Thunderbirds or was it him?" Um, hold on, let me see here. Though. Was it the white buffalo? You know, it was a, yeah, or what, uh, yeah, I said, is this the Thunderbird showing their power or is it uh, uh, a shadow world flexing? Um, mm. Or, you know, or is it just, what? what is going on? Is it shadow flexing? Is it world flexing? Was Thunderbirds come and save them? You know, I don't know. I think this, this might also be a kind of like a, like one of those moves because Shadow at this point, he's ready to bail. Yeah. Like all, all the, he realizes, or he's kind of out of his little trance right at this point. Like he he wants to bail. He's like, "Fuck all these gods! They're just going like." And he says this to Salim. They're just going to make our lives miserable and right. just ruin it. Like we're just we're nothing to them. Right. And so, you know, but the only reason why he can't get out is like the cops suddenly show up. There's mm -hmm. they have the funeral home surrounded. And, and the tree just suddenly grabs him and then pulls him under. I mean, he's almost... And then the tree grabs and pulls him in. Yeah. Um, and, of course, he has the axe, and he's able to finally cut a hole into Yggdrasil. And uh -huh. he's able to look into his own past, and he's able to understand that... Yeah, he suddenly finds his own backstage. Yeah, he, he finds like his own... backstage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he finds his own backstage. He realizes that Wednesday's his father. Mm -hmm. You know, he puts all those pieces together. He realizes that Wednesday's been lying to him since the beginning. Yeah. And that he's been very upfront that he's been lying since the beginning. Yeah. And he has this moment where he remembers he has this the, the, this childhood memory of recreating this scene. And then basically the mother said, don't forget, you can't get caught. And he wipes everything off the stage and it resets. And I think that was, I think that was part him understanding what he could be as a God, him understanding that he's been here before, even if it was only as a child. And that because he can believe in that moment he can also not believe in it and because he was not going to believe that the cops had him surrounded they went away hmm. you know it oh, was, it, you know what i'm saying like it was world using belief against him and then finally pushed back with his own mental flex hmm. that nice call back to where he was like hey close your eyes do me a favor think of snow right. and he made snow happen so right. think of you know think of not getting caught and the police being gone and make right. it happen and so yeah, that and was I really, think that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I mean, yeah. And so then he winds up on a bus, you know. He winds up on a bus and suddenly has the ID that uh, has. Uh, Actually, Mike the ID Ainsel. was from the Snow Day, wasn't it? Didn't that, isn't that Mike Ainsel? Got, yeah, wasn't that when he got Snow Day? I don't wasn't, think that, wasn't that the ID he got? I don't think he was Mike Ainsel back then. When when they were trying to rob everything, yeah, and he needed a name. I see. I'm so. I I feel like it was, but I think I we are also kind of also thinking of the book. <laughs> yeah, because in the book we know where he gets the ID from. Um, yeah, but I I, I want to say he got it. Oh, um, it was a callback. Regardless, yeah, yeah regardless, I think it's a callback. yeah. He he forgot he had it. Yeah, it's, it's who he, is, it's who he now. is now. He got the card. He's like, okay, I like got they're, it. They're looking for him. Right. Um, but that that ID saved him. Oh man, that ID saved. Oh, him. oh, I read a theory though about it. What's up? 
So the name was definitely, I think he called himself that, but I don't think he had the ID. I read a theory that the ID came, it was some divine intervention. Thunderbirds. There's a theory that it was divine intervention. Either, uh, I've read two theories. One that it, like my instant thought was, Oh, it's Wednesday because, like you said, my boy's going to be okay. He's looking yeah. out for he's looking out for Shadow, obviously. So he made the idea ID be in his pocket. The other theory I read was maybe it was Vilquist because, like she said, uh, our futures are what she say. Our futures are tangled, or our futures... yeah, intertwined, or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. so she's very interested in him in a multitude of ways. She's interested in him surviving. So maybe she did it. I like the idea more that Wednesday did it because it seems to make better sense to me. It does. Um, and plus, I think Wednesday yeah. actually heard him call himself Angel at one point. So who knows? Oh, that would that would actually require us to go back and go watch back. all the episodes. <laughs> oh man, twist oh, no. my arm. Gods again. Oh, oh no. man, such a such a hard pill to swallow. Right, but he gets away, and on the the ID it says you Lakeside. know Angel, and it says Lakeside, Wisconsin. He goes. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I know where I'm going. I guess I'm going Lakeside. And it's so great that they finally called out Lakeside. I'm like, yes! Okay, here we go. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And for those who have read the book, you understand why Lakeside's such a big deal. For those of you who don't, um, let me put you this way. Without spoiling a thing, the reason why Lakeside is important is that Shadow starts to understand the cost of being a god. Mm-hmm. And that's really the only thing I could say. Not necessarily his cost, just in general, the cost. Yeah, just in general. The weight of it. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, like great, great. Where did you sleep last night? It was a great song. Um, that was the oh, the that song, song. Yeah. yeah. So as everybody splits off, you know, it's not the Nirvana cover. Um, I actually I didn't look and see who did the the cover for this one. Um, but uh, it was a great cover. I loved it. You know, so you have where did you sleep last night? Shadows taking off. Uh, you uh, uh, after Nancy does his laugh, you notice that Sweeney's gone, and it's because Laura has him on his on her back. And, and she's uh, walking down her own way. Like she's walking. It seems like she's walking away from Shadow this time. It is because he basically said, "You don't get to call me puppy anymore." He goes, "That version of me's dead." Yeah, they had that whole conversation. Oh, that yeah. was such a good scene. It was. A it good was. Scene. Yeah. Like this is basically, um, you know, after after this uh, last week's episode, um, Shadow is physically tired and physically and mentally tired, like to the point where he just falls asleep on a crypt. Um, yeah, or, literally. Yeah, <laughs> and and uh, Laura wakes up next to him on another guy's mm-hmm. tomb, um, and they have this this whole talk, like the finally the talk that they've needed to had for months. Yes, which is bitch, you dead. Yeah, uh, like, <laughs> you know? I'm not your puppy anymore. God, that was um, so strong. That that at that moment, I was like, don't call me fucking puppy. Don't call me yeah. fucking puppy. Yeah. It's like, don't call me puppy anymore. I'm like, yes, because you are a man. You are a dog. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that's my boy. Rough, rough, huh? Like, I don't know. Uh, like, uh, like, seriously, for the whole puppy thing, I don't know where it came from. For, like, like, just the, I started seeing it as a derogatory term. Not with you guys, of course, but like the whole time, anytime Laura uh, started saying it, I'm like, you bitch. 
I mean, that's fair. I mean, that is fair. But Mike, now you know why she calls him puppies because she saw a puppy and she wanted it. And he was like, I'll be your puppy because you're allergic, you dumb, dirty whore. And that shows that that he was just weak at that moment. But he's strong now. He's strong. Oh, oh, my. What? That was hated motherfucker. That was his that was a, declaration of love to that was Laura, and now he's no longer in love it with her. It was very sweet, and it was him saying that, you know, I love you and I'll be your puppy, and then basically <laughs> he's like, yeah, but then you fucked my best friend, and, you know, you fucked a fucking leprechaun, and you're a shitty fucking human, you're a shitty fucking zombie, and I don't want to be around you no more, and uh, peace out. I mean, basically, basically. is what it came down to. I and, mean, I don't know Laura, how you could break that down anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, <laughs> and Laura Loki finally realizes that it was Sweeney who loved her. Yeah. And so she realizes the only way that she's going to be able to become human again, I guess, is to go down and try to get him to come back to life. Which is where I'm thinking that storyline's... Say what? Where do you think she's headed? I think she's going back to go visit Baron Samedi again. Yeah, that's what I thought too! Yeah, she's going back to Louisiana in order to get uh, Sweeney back. Yeah, but did you notice that she rubbed uh, some blood on on the bottom of her shoe? Yeah, she, she did. Stepped into, she, did. she stepped into his blood. She deliberately yes. stepped into the blood. Yes, I remember that. Yes. So like she needs key. two drops of yeah, blood. You, yeah, when you said uh, rubbed, I was like, wait, I didn't. I, I, fingers and like rubbing it into her shoe. So I was like, no, I don't remember that. I was like, but I do remember her intentionally stepping into the blood. Yes, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I kind of hope that this may, like, she, even though she wants to be human, uh, she may have to sacrifice her humanity to bring back. Well, I think I know her chance at humanity. Well, I think I know where they're going with this, Mm -hmm. which is remember when they went down to Louisiana the first time, she owed nothing other than her truth, which was basically, she was going to fuck Baron Samiti because she was never going to be loyal to, to shadow. That was just not going to happen. She was going to be Laura. Right. Mm. So that was her truth. That's what she had to give up. That's really nothing to give up in the grand scheme. The thing that Sweeney had to give up was much more difficult. He had to owe Samiti and they paid that out through that weird cosmic sex juju thing. (laughs) You know, him basically starting to go a little crazy again, all that stuff all happened as a result of which. Now, if you think about it, that means that technically Laura, in order for her to bring Sweeney back, narratively has to give something up big. She has to become indebted to Samiti, which is going to make a story that's going to take a while because then Sweeney's going to come back and realize that, wait, this woman who has brought me back from the dead and maybe loves me and I love her is now indebted to this, you know, uh, Loa of the death and, 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 and just how does that translate to a story for two characters who basically have run their course in the novel? I mean, they're basically open territory at this point. Mm. And that's really cool. Yeah. You know, so I... God Hunter. I mean, seriously, (laughs) they can do a lot with... um, And we have no idea what it could be. Yeah. And that is intoxicatingly interesting. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, I'm into it as as a con. I really am. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I I really can't... I look forward to, to seeing what they are going to do for season three. Yeah. And we'll definitely see more Sam, hopefully. Yeah. Um, Sam's sister, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, yes, yeah, she has a sister, Mike. Yep. <laughs> wait for it. Yeah, wait for it. Just wait for it, man, because Lakeside is a whole bunch of different fuckery. And um, oh, man. All I thought we is... were going to get more Sam. I mean, I know we got a taste 
and I know she's going to be bigger in th in season three, but I right. really thought we were going to get more of her. So I was a little well, disappointed I mean, with that, but it's too. okay. But, like, even in the book, you know, it was like she popped up for a minute, and then she went away for a while, and then she pops back up, and it's like, oh, an important character. Yeah. You know, so I think that's kind of what they're doing here. You know, they're like, she popped up, she's vanished, and they want people to kind of forget about her a bit. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's a lot. But don't up. forget about her, America. Yes, don't forget about her. And also, here's a hint at what's to come. Remember in the 80s, they said, don't take candy from strangers and get into weird cars? That. And for those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know where that goes. Uh, and for those of you who don't, you'll figure it out. I mean, basically, it's going to teach us, you know, the old the old rule that we learned as kids but kind of forgot as adults. Yeah, or hold on. I got to call openly, my Uber. Or openly disregard. Right. <laughs> Let me get to this call that I met from the... Oh, my God. What? What if... What? Uber is brought into this. What if Uber's a god? No, no, no. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> Whatever, Uber. It's like, because it, everything else is updated. Right. But anyway, yeah. I look forward to seeing season three. Yeah, I, I, I mean. I can't wait. I think, like we said before, I think this episode was fairly lackluster compared to the four or five episodes we had before that. Yeah. But overall, I think the season was pretty strong. It has, it has promise. Yeah. I, I think considering how very scared we were at the beginning of the season that it was not going to be a good season. Yeah. And then how strong it turned out to be, other than, like I said, I, I really, I think your book ended by two very average episodes. Yeah. Um, I think that they've done a really good job, and I think that hopefully they learn the lessons from how people are reacting to this, and uh, they know now for the future uh, to not pull a Game of Thrones and do everything super dark either. Because <laughs> um, if you guys were listening to what happened during the great Night King fight... Uh, just easy. Pause and... Play with your brightness setting. Play you know? with your brightness setting. You know, whereas... Play with your settings. Well, I mean, there's some dark shit coming up, like dark scenes coming up, like whole, like, vignettes. And turn people, off your lights. Uh, uh, coming up. In, I mean, Lakeside is a fairly dark, like, literally, like, there are parts where like, there's no power in the town because of, like, you know, uh, uh, the blizzards, the blizzards and stuff. So it's like, yeah. please, dear God, don't take that lesson from Game of Thrones do everything in the dark. Like, don't make it the nun, for the love of God. Yeah. Yeah, uh, just please give us more than one candle of light. Did you say the nun as in the the yeah. horror movie? Yeah, the horror movie. <laughs> I did enjoy the nun, but yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was. The dark as fuck movie. We were literally making the joke that that whole movie was lit by one candle. Like, <laughs> just one candle. Like, that. It's like, holy shit. Um, but yeah, don't don't take that lesson. Because seriously, a lot of Lakeside is going to be dark. I, I blame that one Pocahontas movie. Um, Avatar? Pocahontas movie. No, 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 no. All right, like shut the, your mouth. The, Don't you stop. The, <laughs> the actual movie about um, Pocahontas with Colin, not Colin Firth. Maybe Colin Firth. Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell. Farrell? Colin Farrell <laughs> yeah. With Colin Farrell as John Smith. Yeah. What movie and was this? <laughs> I can't remember what the actual name was, but it, it it was a few years ago, and it was one of one of the one of their brags. Before before the movie actually premiered in theaters, was that everything was shot in natural lighting? Oh right, yeah. Screw that noise. <laughs> you know what the best era of the New World? Was? Yes. Yeah, brand new world. Yeah, uh, the best version of, of of night shooting ever in the history of cinema is still Day for Night. The the horror sixties and seventies where they, they the, the, the literally the film stock could not take darkness so they would just literally film during the day and they just put like blue scrims over the lenses <laughs> and shit 
you know, you could see everything perfectly, but it was the dead of night. You never had any problems. You know? I mean, it was kind of yeah. like the Revenant was like that too. Like he was really big yeah. on shooting during the day and using yeah. that light, which I love the Revenant. I know a lot of people hate it, but yeah. I fucking love the cinematography for that shit. He's a master. Yeah, but at least you have the Alaska excuse of, well, it's nighttime in Alaska. Yeah. You know, where you're like, you're north. So, you know, you could say, well, it's dark, but because you're so far north, you know, you can have that kind of weird day for night thing. But yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I actually appreciate it now when people light their night scenes clearly. <laughs> um, that, that realism shit. I mean, seriously, the nun kind of broke me on that. We went to go see a very well calibrated theater and it was it was crystal clear. It wasn't like it was murky, but it was just so fucking dark. I'm like, I would love to see detail a little bit. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like, I mean, because when, when it was daytime, you saw everything crystal clear. Yeah, they have bright, vibrant color. Yeah, and then and then darkness. <laughs> and it was just... You know, and like, just like, are, are, is any like is the camera broken? Right. Is, like, right. is it actually shooting anything? <laughs> I mean, we were literally commenting on the black. It's a pastel black, you know. It's a, <laughs> you know that, that's more of a vibrant black, you know. It's just, come on, give me some depth, man. It's, like, yeah, it's, one, it's one of those things where it's like... Okay, I get it. Things are your imagination is scarier. You know, let's just let you see a hint of things. But yeah. nah, dude, just give me some goddamn light. I get it. Yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, I just watched a horror movie this morning called Dead Silence. That was made back in two thousand. Oh, yeah. By the guys who did Saw, and that movie takes place almost exactly in the same kind of scenario as The Nun. Super dark, almost no light. At one point, they literally have just a lantern that walking around, and there's this horrifying, white-faced, crazy-looking ghost lady, right? And like. There's dark scenes, but all the furniture, you can still make it out super clear. It's well lit, but you can't see the ghost until the ghost pulls out of the shadow. And then you go, ah! And it's like, great. All None. Right. Take a note. Question. <laughs> Yo. How did we get here? We got here because I said, please, for the love of God, don't make season three into basically the Night King episode of Game of Thrones. Oh. Because remember, this will be that blizzard that's going to knock out power for at least an episode or two. And yeah. I did not want that to happen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. But, I can't uh, deal with like three or four episodes of American Gosh's being completely dark. Where it's just, and, and also, and I hate to say it like this, you're going to have a black man in the night. And you know what I'm saying? Like, at least in Game of Thrones, you have some white with some bounce light on them, you know? Like, <laughs> you're going to just have some reflections off Ricky Will's forehead, and that's it. Please, for love of God, light a motherfucker at night, okay? Like, <laughs> you know, light for the proper skin tone. Like, oh God, did you see that one light tutorial they had where they showed how you can light different people's skins? Uh -huh. like, Oh, get that motherfucker to lie, American Gods, because Neon is really good anyways for this show, so give me that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm on lighting stop sometimes, and I, I, I kind of want, like... It really I, is. I am. But you were able to see everything during the Game of Thrones episode. We were. We did. So, so what you're really TV. saying is that we should stop being in the weeds, and we should tell our lovely people our final scores for yes. season two of American Gods, and get the hell out of here. Great idea. Even the dog agrees. Time. What, what's going to be our, our method of rating? Are we doing stars, thumbs up? I forget what we did last time. I think it was thumbs up last time. Uh, maybe. Um, I, overall, this season was fantastic. Uh, definitely stronger than the first season. Okay, from a scale of one to seven, at what count is Nancy going to start off? <laughs> there you go. Seven being the best, one being the worst. Oh, okay. Okay? So, uh, for for you, what, where's your Nancy start count on? <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes no sense. Don't think about it too hard. No, no because <laughs> I, I really, I'm just very tempted to say I'm going to start the count at four. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think... I think he's going to start the count at six. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would say that this one was, was yeah, I would say six. I, I mean, considering how reserved I was at the beginning of the season, you know, even with episode one and episode eight not being as strong as they could be, the the power of those those middle five or six episodes yeah, so good. Yeah, because 
because you know obviously by the length of our episodes yeah those were the oh, uh, strong dude, ones those were so good so i would say six not as good as the seven that was episode one because we were just gaga over season one yeah um but I, I would give it a solid six and for a sophomore slump season which is what normally happens that's a pretty good swing so i i, I definitely it had that. us thinking yeah. using our brains how about you Brittany? Uh, I would give it, I, you know, I kind of disagree with, with, with Laura, <laughs> with Christina. Um, I don't know if I liked it more than season one. Hmm. There were absolutely parts of it that I did like, I would mm-hmm. put on par. Um, but I think, I don't even remember what I gave season one. I think I really, really just fucking loved it. So, mm-hmm. you know what? No, no, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be with you guys. Six, six, six. Ooh. Ooh, spooky! Mike, Mike, break the Antichrist, quick! Give us a number. Uh, it was gonna be a six-two. Uh oh! I think I think oh, no. I think the six was actually a pretty strong one. I mean, technically, I yeah. wanted to go with an eight because you know Nancy being the spire is this whole thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, but I mean, six is a pretty good one because yeah, episode one and even this last episode were not were not as strong as that middle ground and yeah. That's that's basically where that slump comes into. Uh, it it started it started uh, weak and then it ended kind of weak. But that middle yeah. stuff, ooh man, that's a good belt. Yeah. So producers and actors, remember focus on the character. All that middle shit you guys did, mwah, that yeah. story building shit that you can do while also having good character. Get you know get get, get on that. Get it. Get right? it. Get it. Get it. Um. But yeah, I mean, that concludes our episode of the season finale of American Pods, American Gods. Co- You're about to say God. You were about to say a Godcast. <laughs> yeah, no. American Pods and American Gods podcast. There you go. Um, and you can find this and other seasons um, on iTunes and SoundCloud under Board Nerds with a Mic. Right. Um, and I'm your host, Christine. You can find me at Intro to Geek um, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Yes. And how about you, Sean? Uh, yes, you can find me at uh, Numa Z on the various social medias. That is P N E U M A Z. And Brittany, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on the Instagram and the Twitter uh, <laughs> at Sunny S U N N Y Burlesque. Yeah. Yeah. And, and what was it? And also, Sad Sweeney Fan 1? Was, wasn't that the Oh, God. One? Sad Sweeney Fan 4, <laughs> the number 4 ever. Sad right. Sweeney Fan forever. That's where I'll be. Uh, oh, that was great. Mike, where can we find you? You can find me over on the Twitter at This Is Trex. That's T Rex, everyone. Rawr. Except Sean, apparently. <laughs> oh, I did it! I did it! You did? I, I didn't over, even hear you. I did, I did. I overpowered him. She did. She, she, I went. And mine was just low-key. I was like, rah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's it. Um, just uh, be on the lookout for another season. We're going to catch up. We're going to try to catch up with uh, 
Game of Thrones. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. You know what? We might because I'm gonna be on a cruise next week, so I'll be getting back into town. So basically, what you're saying is we might as well just wait to the end of the season. Yeah, like do like do a, a season recap. Re- recap, like just do like I a think big. That's a great idea. Yeah, because at this point we're three season, we're three episodes into six episodes. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're already past the halfway so point. So be on the lookout for an extra extra size um, episode of Board Nerds with a Mic, where we just kind of delve just dig our hands into the meat and potatoes of game of thrones right we'll um we'll figure it out yeah (laughs) and we also we have a surprise episode coming up oh yeah um it'll be after this one i guess right um where we kind of because Brittany wasn't around uh she was still getting she was caught working she, she was. We thought that she was at home, and we didn't realize that she was still at a convention in another state. And so we had arranged to start a podcast. So we're like, "Hey, where are you at, Brittany?" She's like, "Bitch, I'm at the airport." Oh and I was like, oh. It's like, oh yeah. So we we kind of mixed our signals, but since the three of us were online and we had all seen Endgame, we we're like, "Well, I guess we could just like rant about Endgame for yeah, three hours." No, and like we talk, we start out kind of blowing our load on yeah on uh, avengers so avengers endgame yeah and then sean and mike go into the weeds and i just kind of stay quiet uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay we a little bit but then brought it back and we talked about who we want to be the next super big bad yeah and there was a lot of good stuff in there yeah 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 but you know there there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of education going on mm-hmm. um kind of like in this season yeah. i like how we went into history yeah um, it it really tested my tested my knowledge of history. Right. But thank God for Sean. Aww, <laughs> you guys. This is where I where we identify you with Ibis. Oh, is that where? I, okay. But oh. but you can have Thunderbirds too. I, I like Thunderbirds better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, first anyway. off, I don't eat people. Okay, so. <laughs> anyway, this, <laughs> we are board nerds with a mic. This has been. American Pods, an American Gods podcast. And we out. See you next time. Say goodbye, Mike. Bye, Mike. This has been American Pods, the American Gods podcast. The theme song is called Life in Motion by Hike, used under the Creative Commons license.